That's good. Look at this boy. He fits the secure mold, right? Like, where are you, where are you going? Right? Like, yeah. Uh, but I, I, these young guys who are in the military and they're home for the holidays, it's so good and those things. I want to say this to all of us in first service, and I know there's more people. I see them out there. They're still coming in. Um, listen, I have some very personal, personal friends today, and I've decided that in this last service, uh, we're going to wrap what we do around uh, that particular aspect. Um, and I, I'll share a little bit later, but uh, Josh and Cody Boyette are here with their girls, Morgan and Berkeley. Come on, stand up. Stand up real quick. And uh, just stand right up. Give them a hand, right? <clears throat> and uh, you guys, we're going to do some things in a little bit uh, just to just share uh, what God's doing, not only in their church. These, this is the couple that I told you in Florida leads the church where there are people literally sitting on the floor. Hello, somebody. So, listen, we, we're talking about revival and things like that that's happening, and it's not just happening here. Churches that are willing, hello, somebody. Churches that are willing, and they're going to share a little bit of their story, and we're going to do a tag team preach this morning. Is that all right? Yeah, they're going to get up and they're going to share for the first 15 or 20 minutes and I'm going to come up and close and those type of things. But we want your heart to be postured to hear exactly what the Lord is doing and how God is joining us. And, and we'll share a little bit about how we're connected in those things later. So it's good. Um, I'm, I'm excited about those things. Are you, is it good to be in the house of the Lord? I said, is it good to be in the house of the Lord? Come on, stand up in this place. for 21 days of fasting and prayer. Yes, come on. We're going to pass out some um, clipboards and for you to sign up for the days that you would like to commit to. It doesn't mean that you can't come all the 20 days or 21 days that we're doing, but it just helps to commit to some days. Otherwise, you go, I'll go tomorrow, I'll go tomorrow, then you never come. And we want you here every day, or at least the days that you commit to. So the topics are there. There's like three pages that you can look through and see the days that would work for you. You can sign up as many times as you would want to. So we start on Tuesday at 5 o'clock every day, Monday through Saturday, 5 to 6. We will be here praying, so join us every day if you can. And let's start that fasting. Amen. We remember how powerfully God moved last year during our 21 days of prayer. And especially as we ended with uh, a great celebration, which we'll be doing again. And so thank you for pressing in. There's going to be plenty of opportunities to get involved this morning. Like always, why are we here, church? 
for Jesus, right? And I hope you came to experience the Lord this morning in spirit and in truth. And we want to give you the liberty in this place to celebrate the Lord. This altar is always open. And uh, we want you, listen, if you got some business you need to take care of before the end of this year with the Lord, you have plenty of opportunity to do that in this place. So let's get ready. Father, today in this place we have come to celebrate your goodness. We've come to lift you up. God, we've come, God, to hear your word. God, we've come to stand in your presence. And so, Lord, we ask that you just fill this house with your glory. Fill this house, God, with your, your presence in such a way, God, that our lives are changed and transformed. Father, it may be the last day of the year. And, and Lord, we may be in a place where we just want it all to be over. But, God, we are never in a place where we want your presence to end. And so fill this place, God, as you move us into the next of who you are and what you're doing. And so we have come to worship you in spirit and in truth. And everyone said? Father, we thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for another year that we've had in your presence, Lord. We're so thankful that we don't have to wait to get to heaven, but we can start worshiping with the angels today. Be exalted in this place. Be lifted high. King of kings and Lord. The one who was, who is, and is to come. Do 
Hallelujah. We're gonna. I'm just gonna invite you just to, just to worship with us, because He's the one, and the one who is, and the one He is to come. He's the one worthy of all the praise and worship. Maybe come this morning and say, "Hey, I guess my life is not good. Only Jesus." I want to ask you to invite Jesus in your life. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come. We need your presence in this place. Amen.
All my life 
Of the Lord, I want more, I want more. My eyes have seen the goodness of the Lord. 
this year start a new year praise your name as we know without you Lord we're nothing you are everything Lord we want to worship you and praise your name because you are holy and there's no one else like you come on church I want to just you to go ahead and lift up your voice and praise the Lord whatever's in your heart just come on Bless his name. There's no one else like him. You are so good, Lord. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for healing, Lord. Thank you for our lives transformed. Our marriages were restored, Lord. You are so good, Lord. All thrones 
and dominions all powers and positions your name stands above them all and the angels cry holy all creation cries This verse.
Father, in your presence is fullness of joy. Because, Lord, we know you have made us worthy to be in your presence. Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our honor. This morning in this place, God, we want to heap that praise on you. We want to say thank you, Lord, for being Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being sovereign. Thank you, Lord, for being enough. Thank you, Lord, for being more than enough. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me this far and not leaving me, God. Thank you, Lord, that if you brought me this far, you got somewhere else, God, for me to go, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that on that way, God, I'm not going to be by myself, God. But, God, you're going to be with me, God. Thank you, Lord, that through this sickness and disease, God, through this struggle, this trial, God, I know that triumph is coming and victory is here because, God, you are with us, God. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lord. And I thank you that no matter what my eyes see, Lord, you have made a promise. Lord, no matter what my ears hear, God, you have already spoken. God, no matter, Lord, what I am too weak to accomplish, God. Lord, you said you would bring me out by your mighty hand. Father, what I'm afraid to face, God. You declared that I did not give you the spirit of fear, but of life, liberty. In this place, this morning, no matter what I've been through, God, I thank you that I can say right now, you are worthy, God, because you've been there with me the whole time. You are worthy of it all. Hallelujah. Come on, church. He's worthy. For from you are all you are all things. You deserve the glory. Hallelujah. Does he deserve it? You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. And to you are all. Church, lift your voice. You are worthy of it all. 
house, God, we bless you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. God, I just want to say, Lord, sometimes, God, what we think is the end. Lord, you're just getting started. God, I want to rejoice. Yes. That, God, you brought me to it because you plan on bringing me through it. Hallelujah. Come on, church. If he brought you to it, he plans on bringing you through it. And that's something to say at the end of the year. Amen. Because he brought us through it. Now he's bringing us to a new one. He plans on bringing us through that one too. Come on, somebody. If you believe that, give the Lord a big hand of praise. Yeah, Lord, we worship you. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, one more time. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Yeah, we're going to dismiss the kids. Thank you for coming into first service. And uh, we know there are a ton of people who are watching online because they're traveling home from vacation and and uh, those things. We want you to get settled in here and uh, let the Lord just kind of move over us. And, and again, if you're a visitor this morning, we want to welcome you. Let's welcome all our visitors. Amen. Come on, give them a big hand of praise. It's so good. Kids are upstairs, and they'll be picked up upstairs. Okay, great. Everybody knows that plan, so... Man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to see everyone this morning. And I, I just want to share my heart with you today. Um, this will be a little different in a way that I, I just need you to understand something. Some of you may know, but you know, when God calls you from something, He calls you unto something. And that's all good and well. And we can embrace the spiritual implications of that with hope, amen, with desire. But I, I'm the type of preacher that wants to be just very real with you. And how many of you know that when God calls you from something, there is loss? And some of that loss is good. Amen. Come on, help me. When God calls you from something, some of y'all got to help me this morning, Right? When God calls you from something, there is loss. And some of that loss is good. The truth of the matter is, some of that loss is very painful. And over 20 years ago, when God called us from Florida, there was a couple of things that was incredibly painful. Um, we had to leave what we thought were our dreams and our visions and what we had desired and worked for and to leave a daughter, amen, in the hands of that guy. Hello, somebody. Um, I had to lay down a 20-year career, and we had to lay down the church we'd poured five years of our lives into, to which little Cody at that time was uh, a part of it at, in, at points in times to help us do some great ministry. We had some good times there, Amen. All the way out in, in the woods, a white double pond community church. Had to get lost to find the place. Am I right? Amen. So it was definitely a place for lost people. Because you showed up there. <laughs> We're glad you're here and sorry you got lost. But uh, Jesus is in the finding business. So here we are. 
But one of the things that my wife and I grieved a lot when we lost was close relationships that we had with people who had always been encouraging and faithful. People who had always said, Pastor Don, whatever, or Brother Don, there you go, Brother Don, whatever God has put in your heart, we want you to know we're here. And I didn't really know Josh Boyette that well at that time, but I, had, I knew Cody uh, quite well. And... Um, it was hard to leave. As a matter of fact, Cody was at White Double Pond Community Church our last Sunday there. And um, they came to sing and, and to worship and to, to preach and pray. And, and it was supposed to be a time of joy and release. And uh, it was difficult, wasn't it? It was a sad day for all of us. And you think, man, that loss, I'm never going to find that again. Amen. Never going to get those kind of connections again. But you know, the Lord is a way of restoring some things. Amen. And I'm not going to tell their story because I want them to share with you a little bit. Because see, I need you to understand that what God is doing among us here in Florida. I mean, in Michigan, he's doing in Florida. Hello, somebody. Yeah. And carpenters are just in Florida. I'm thinking about, everybody gets to go to Florida anymore but me. Um, God is moving in sovereign ways. Y'all, I promise you, this church in Vernon, Florida, Holmes Valley Community Church, the walls are painted, but over the walls is butcher paper. Y'all know what butcher paper is, right? And from ceiling to floor... From front to end of that sanctuary, those walls are covered with butcher paper. And there's not a spot on any of that butcher paper that a prayer isn't written. The walls of that church are covered with prayer. And you'll see anointing oil stains on the paper. Where people will just come in and anoint that prayer and pray with those people. These two young people right here, I say young because I'm an old man. <laughs> Help me out, Doug. You're right. Have allowed the power of God to come into their church and transform a community. And they have gone after the people that everyone else wrote off. And God has filled that place not only with His glory and His honor, but with people. And the last time I was there, I kid you not, there was sitting on the floor room only. And uh, Joshua and I are picking on this. Uh, uh, Brian was telling us that uh, some Lions tickets for some playoff games or something like that. It's like the $700 is the ticket for the standing room only spot. You don't even get a seat. And Josh Boyette was like, I'm about to pay off a church building. <laughs> you get $700 for sitting on the floor, $1,000 if you want a seat. Hello, somebody. But these two have been a blessing and an encouragement to us even when we got to Michigan. And we would do lots of phone calls and during COVID, uh, preaching in the closet. I can't tell. I can't tell. Anyway, I want you guys to give Josh and Cody Boyette a hand as they come to the stage. Come on, give them a hand. These are my friends. Cody's going to come up, right? right. <laughs> well, I love her, right? Y'all not ready. 
Hello, good morning. It's so good to be here today. Thank you for having us and um, to all of those who have come and met us outside of the sanctuary, brought us food, made us feel welcomed. We love you. We thank you. Um, and it's weird because I, I feel like I know a lot of you um, because you know, Facebook is, is a terrible thing, but it's a wonderful thing. And so there's so many people that I'm like, oh, I already know you, but then I'm weird because I don't know you. <laughs> so um, if I come up and I say hey to you or something like that, please, please just grace me, you know, because I'm just excited to be here. Um, like he said, we have known each other for a very, very long time. Um, I was probably 12 or so whenever we met, and our family had a singing group. We would travel like in a bus, the whole the whole shebang, you know, all the things. And we would go everywhere. We would sing, um, and sometime during that, we started singing. I was eight years old, and so I've been in some form of full-time ministry since I was eight years old. I just turned 36. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I've been in the ministry for a very long time, gave my life to Jesus at a very early age, was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, but the only thing I would do is sing because I was very, very shy. I didn't want to talk to anyone. And I'm sorry if I'm talking super fast today, but I only have like this much time, okay? So I'm going to try to give you as much information as I possibly can in the smallest amount of time before I have to pass the baton to my husband and Pastor Don. Okay, so um, <clears throat> we sang. We, we met them. We would sing at White Double Pond all the time. Um, Malin was the most beautiful girl I had ever seen in my entire life. Um, and I bet you all agree that she still is the most beautiful woman in the whole world. But anyway, uh, yeah, give her a hand. Give Brian a hand. Hallelujah. <laughs> that guy is blessed and highly favored. Amen. But anyway, um, so we, we met each other. I was there the day that Pastor Don left. They did not tell me that he was leaving um, until after the service. Um, but he preached a message, and he preached on the presence of God and how Moses had got to a point in the wilderness where he said, you know what, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. If your presence doesn't carry me, I'm not going. If you're not in it, I don't want it. I don't care how many people are in the crowd. I don't care who's following me. I don't care who you've set me up as a leader over. If you're not there, I don't want to be there. Amen. And that is something that we have lost in the American culture. Amen. We, we want to build thrones to our name. We want to build kingdoms uh, that revolve around ourselves. But let me tell you, God is looking for a people who will say, if you are not in it, I don't want it. Hallelujah. Because we can have brick and mortar buildings uh, and we can make the most beautiful monuments hallelujah but if the presence of God isn't in it it's not real and it doesn't matter there's no eternal value whatsoever if he's not in it I don't want it amen fast forward some 20 years later, you guys have been in Michigan. You have been reaping the benefits of, of lives that have been sold out to Christ for a long time. Amen. And you have been reaping off of the anointing and the gifting that God has given to you and Pastor Don and Pastor Lisa in this, in this house. Amen. And we have seen online as it has flourished and flourished and flourished, and we have just been waiting. And I had gotten married, uh, moved from Panama City, which is a pretty 
it's a bigger, I mean, it's bigger than here, you know, it's a pretty big city, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then God transplanted me into the sticks to marry this guy. Um, you know, I'd sang in the sticks a lot, but I'd never lived there. I hated it. Um, there was no Chick-fil-A. There was no Taco Bell. Everything was 30 minutes away or more. Life was terribly awful. Um, <laughs> but God was good. Amen. And we got married. We built a life. We had children. We have our daughters, Morgan and Berkeley. They're 14 and 7. Um, and God has just, he put us in uh, our father-in-law's church and uh, just was working and doing, you know, what God had had. And I had lived a life of on the road. I was constantly like going from one place to the next. So for a gypsy in the spirit like me, it was very hard to sit in one place. Uh, but I learned a lot and I'm thankful for all that God taught me in that season. COVID came and our church uh, shut down in March. And uh, I preached the last service uh, that we had at our, at our home church. And uh, the Lord, we, my husband likes to hunt. He's a big hunter. I'm sure you guys are any hunters in here? Y'all like to hunt? Okay, so he went coon hunting. I don't know if y'all do that up here. Um, but you get the dogs, you go out, you tree the coon, you shoot it out, the tr whatever. Okay, so <clears throat> he was gone coon hunting, and I had my piano set up in the living room, and I began to sing this song, and I didn't think my kids were paying attention, but my oldest daughter, Morgan, she looked, she said, Mom, where did that song come from? So good. And I was like, I, I don't know. I just singing, you know, and she said, Mom, that's a good song. So I sent it to my friend, and she was like, oh, my gosh, you have to record it. You have to put it online. I said, I am not putting anything online. Weirdos do that. People who want attention and want to draw attention to themselves, they put, they put videos. I was so judgy. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not that person. And she said, you have to. Um, so I recorded it. I made it in black and white because everyone looks good in black and white. Amen. Best filter ever, black and white. <laughs> and so I uh, put the video up and uh, just overnight there was like 30,000 hits on the video. And then it went over to 100,000. And she said, okay, now what you got to do is you got to preach. You got to get online. You got to go live. I was like, go live. What are you talking about? She's like, just do it. Just do it. You got to do it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Okay, so COVID, when COVID happened, uh, all you could do was like build stuff, right? You couldn't go anywhere or do anything fun, so you just could build stuff. So um, I commissioned my husband to take our master bathroom and turn it into a closet because I needed places for my shoes and clothes and things. And uh, so after the song went viral, we, uh, I went in the closet. I got this tripod thing. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, and I began to sing and preach to the clothes in my closet. And uh, after a few times of doing that, there would be 5,000 people watching, and I was like, dear Lord. Well, my closet was hot. Okay, it was hot in the closet. And I'd be sweated down whenever I would come out. And my family would laugh at me and all the things. And so uh, I asked my husband, I said, hey, it'd be a great time to build that porch. You know, and so we can't just build like a little tiny porch because that's ridiculous. I don't do anything tiny. Uh, neither does he. So he built us a 14 by 40 on one side and a 14 by 40 down the other side. Okay, and uh, I told him, it's the running joke now, if he will build it, I will preach on it. <laughs> if you build it, I'll turn it into ministry, okay? And so we begin to preach on the porch. My Uncle Pat gave me a sound system, and I'd set it up out there, and I'd preach to Facebook, and I'd preach to the trees, and whoever, whatever was listening. Um, and people started coming, and they started messaging me and saying, can we sit in your yard? 
while you're doing this. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Sit in my yard? Okay, yeah, cool. So uh, some of our 18 to 30 Bible group, Bible study kids, they would come out and uh, Anna, she would hold Berkeley. Berkeley was about three at the time, uh, four, three, four, something like that. And uh, she would hold Berkeley on her shoulders. They would stand at the road and put people into my yard. And I don't have like this mansion of a home, okay? There was a local guy in town that does porta potties and he volunteered. He said, I'll bring you a porta potty so people aren't traipsing in and out of your house that you don't know. I just want to be a part of what God's doing. He never charged us a dime. He came and cleaned it every single week. Okay, I mean, people were coming. They, I, I don't know. They were just in my yard. They were falling out in the spirit. There was ants everywhere, and nobody ever got bit. I'm just telling you, like, the presence of God was moving, and one night it began to rain. And, you know, the enemy in your head is like, well, you should probably cancel. But I knew I couldn't cancel, and so I worked at a hardware store, and that day I just grabbed all the blue tarps I could find. And it was so janky looking, you guys. The most redneck, real thing you have ever seen in your life. Okay, the, the bluest cracker box if there ever was one. Okay, so we put all of these tarps up. And it was flooding rain. And we drug the instruments out. And we, we did the things. And three girls got saved that night. And so we tried, to, we tried to put everybody like in the, I was like, God, this 14 by 40, like what happens if it rains and we need something else? We need something else. And so I was praying over the summer and I'm like, God, we, I don't know what to do. I don't know what you're doing. People would ask me all the time, what is it? What are you doing? Where are you going? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Because the spirit of the Lord had told me, he said, I just want you to do the next right thing. And sometimes you may not know where you're going and you don't know what it's going to look like. And you don't know how you're going to get there. But if you will just walk this walk by faith and not by sight, I don't have to see the end to know, amen, that he's in every step that I take. Hallelujah. Sometimes we feel like we need to know all the details before we can move. But I'm telling you, if you're going to sit there waiting for details, he's not going to give them. He's going to say one step at a time, the steps of a good man, they are ordered of the Lord when you don't know what the end is. Trust his heart in the steps. Amen. He has already made the path. All you have to do is walk in it. And so we just did the next right thing. And when we heard God speak, we would step. And when we didn't hear anything, we would stay where we were until we heard him speak again. And that is still the way that we are carrying our life right now because he is carrying us. He is leading and guiding, opening doors. Anyway, fast forward to August, um, the church that it, literally I can walk to it. Little tiny block building in the middle of nowhere by our house. Their pastor, God spoke to him during the summer and said, you're, you're done. I'm, I'm through with you. I need you to leave. They called and they said there was, there was six of them left. They said, um, we've been hearing you preach through the trees. We were just wondering if you could come help us till we can figure out what we're doing. And we said, okay. And we went to help, and that was in August. And uh, our church wound up opening back up, but we knew that God had a different plan. And one day we were somewhere, and then the next day we were somewhere else. There was no big fuss. There was no big ordeal. It was just one day you're here and the next day you're not. One day you're walking in in this one place and then the next day you're, you're going into your dream. 
Okay, so we started out with six people, four of us made 10, um, and in October, they asked us if we would come on full-time as pastors of Holmes Valley Community Church, which I call the Valley, because Holmes Valley Community, this is a lot to say, okay? And God has sent people, God has saved people. I cannot tell you, um, he has saved my family. Um, He has brought people, people come from Alabama every week, three times a week to our church. Okay, people come from Panama City, 45 minutes, one hour away, they will drive to this middle of nowhere place because we just want to see him move. Let me tell you, nothing that has occurred is because we have done it. It is because he has done it, and that is what he's looking for. He's looking for people who will say, you can have the glory. You can get the praise because I never deserved salvation. But you gave your life for me, and that is enough. It's not a self-centered gospel that we need. It's not about us. He saved us. That's enough. Now it's time to tell the world who he is and what he can do for them and how he can bring them up out of the miry clay, set their feet upon a rock. God has sent us the addicts. And he has delivered them in the sanctuary. God has sent us the broken. We are the island of misfit toys. And let me tell you, for the people who never belonged anywhere in their life, they have a home in the presence of God. And they are a part of a family that they could never have imagined. Amen. And so um, it's just when the, when the time is right... The Lord's going to do it. He will make it happen. And when he does, you make sure that he gets all the glory, that he gets all the praise, that no name. We promise the Lord where we come from. Every time the service is over, we raise our hands and we thank him for showing up because he doesn't have to. We say, Lord, may we never become entitled little brats who think that you owe us. And may we never lift another name high. Other than the name of Jesus, no man, no woman, no place, no thing. We don't worship a building, we worship him. We don't worship the gifting or the anointing, we worship the giver. Hallelujah. And that is why God has done such great things, and we know that the best is yet to come. That what we have seen is nothing compared to what he has in store. We went from 10 people, and in three years, we have bought 135 Christmas presents for our children this year. There's over 300 people in the sanctuary that can hold, I told them, two people are not invited to our church. The fire marshal and the building inspector. They can go somewhere else. There's lots of churches in Washington County. God's going to have to save them elsewhere. They're not allowed here. (laughs) We have shoved chairs in there until we can't shove them anymore. They're standing room only. They sit on the floor. They don't care because people are looking for what's real. People don't want to show. People don't care if it's just right. They want it real. And real is raw. And real is messy. But real will do every time. And we love you. Thank you for letting us come and be here. And uh, go team. <laughs> well, y'all got the sweet one. And Pastor Don probably don't know what he done, but he gave me the microphone. I'm the builder. I build, she preaches. You heard her say that. 
And, and I believe that we came at the right time for us to talk to the right people. Because, guess what? It's time to build. Now, I know you're building a building. I didn't come to build a building this morning. See, I read it. I read over at the end of this thing, and all the things start lining up, and we're getting close. And he's coming for a people that's real. And the world's looking for somebody that's real. Kids being like everybody else ain't going to cut it no more. Everybody outside the doors is looking for something real. How many, I'm just going to, you gave me the liberty. How many people's visitors this morning? What are you looking for? They didn't leave where they was. They're looking for something. They're looking for something that'll reach over there and grab a hold of them. They're looking for somebody that'll really love them instead of speak love. They show love. There's a difference. And the world outside the doors is looking for what's real. And, you know, Brother Don was very, very gracious and he let us come up here and spend Christmas with him. A lot of people won't let you come in their house on Christmas. We showed up Christmas Day. Surprise. But sometimes you need a break, and brother, we appreciate it. We're thankful. But the first night I was, I was at his house, I don't dream a lot, but when I have dreams and when I see things, most of the time they mean something. And in the dream, I was sitting there, and I had a cross. And I, and I told Brother Don, I said, when I get home now, I'm going to preach the hour-long sermon for him because I got one. I said, I'm going to build an eight-by-eight eight cross, as big and heavy as I can make it. It's something that would hold a man. And I'm going to take the biggest, strongest guy I got in the church, which is going to be Randy Hill. There ain't none of y'all that big. And before the worship service starts, I'm going to take that cross and I'm going to put it on his shoulders. And I'm going to tell him, you can't let go of this. See, because here's, here's what the book said. I don't want to get away from it. Mark chapter 8, verse 34, it said, And when he called the people unto his disciples also, and he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up the cross, and follow me. To deny yourself means that you found a bigger purpose than you. You found something that's bigger than you, so you will deny yourself this morning. You'll take your ideas and your wants and your desires, and you'll throw them down. And then you're going to pick up a cross. How many people this morning believe they picked up the cross? Come on. It ain't fun. It gets heavy. When you want to quit, you can't. The reason you can't, because you have nothing to go back to. 
See, you're only in the second process of this thing. You're only carrying the cross. That's where I believe that 80% of the church is this morning. We're carrying the cross. We haven't made it to the third step yet. It says, follow me. I told him, I said, I wish I had the nails. I'd pull them out of my pocket. Because that's where the follow me is taking you. The death of you has to take place. I, I was, you know, pastor to pastor, I picked his mind every time I get the chance. I said, what, what do you think about this? I know what my minds are. I'm, what another, what do you think about this? When you read this, what do you get out of this? And I got to thinking about Peter last night. Peter's following Christ. He's a disciple. He's seen it all. He's seen everything that Christ ever done. He was there. He watched the fish and the loaves get multiplied. He watched the blind see. He's seen the lame walk. He's seen Lazarus come up out of a tomb. Peter's seen it all. He followed Christ. He thought. He threw down what he had. He quit fishing for a while. He started following the Savior. But when the Savior ended up on the cross, I found Peter denying him. When it got time for the nails, Brother Don, I don't know. See, but here's the difference. And I'm going to be quick because I know I'm going to turn your pastor loose on y'all. There's a big difference between really laying it down and saying you laid it down. The anointing comes when you die. People don't come to our church because of us. If they did, they need to go somewhere else. If he's not there, I don't want to be there. I want to be so close to him. If he moves, Brother Don, I want to be moving with him. Pastor or no pastor. There, there comes a time in your life that you got to say, it's worth it. See, Peter done all these things, but I read, and they went, and there was, there was a demon-possessed man, and they prayed for him, and they couldn't do nothing with him. They were following Christ. They were every day with him. And Christ said, these things only come through what? Where's the worship leader? How dark out there. I heard her up here a while ago. Yeah, she's got the kids. 21 days of fasting. She opened the door to you. Some of you is like, man, that's rough. No, that's an opportunity. We fasted first year, what, 12 weeks. Come on to Florida. We got the best diet plan. It's called church. 
We eat lunch every Sunday at church. First 12 weeks of the service, no food. 12 weeks. But when 12 weeks was up, I watched God move. I watched things I've been praying for my whole life. See, when you put things in order, things happen. He's a God of order. When he gives you a direct plan how to get things done, that's how things get done. See, I'm not used to this big old stage. I'm used to eye level. It's different. Christ told Peter, he said, when you're converted. When you're converted. Now look that up real quick. A dramatic turning away from one path in order to pursue an entirely new one. I don't care how old you are. Don't care how young you are. If you're not going down the path that he called you to go down, you're not converted. There's a difference. I'm not talking about coming down here and praying the prayer of salvation and saying I'm saved. I'm talking about coming down here to a cross. And letting them pull the nails out. And doing away with you. Letting that fleshly man, that fleshly desire, die. Something that's dead, you know, besides Lazarus and Jesus, it don't come back. You don't have to deal with it no more. The things that's tripped you up years and years, over and over, guess what? It no longer gets to trip you up. I don't make the same circle around the same mountain no more. Come on, come on. I figure it out finally. I said, hey, look, you gave me the opportunity to do away with this. I'm doing away with it. But I read after Peter was converted, everybody in here likes the book of Acts, right? What's the book of Acts about? Come on, somebody. The church. The next time he preaches, 3,000 get saved. He was dealing with one in a town before the conversion. And after he got converted, he preached one more sermon and 3,000 got saved. There's a difference because Peter didn't go and preach the second time. The Holy Ghost went with him. And the anointing and power went. And it reached down into a lost man and a lost woman's life and it changed them. Got to do the same thing with you. It's a new year. You get a fresh slate. Build. Build. Build the kingdom this morning. Make up your mind. You know, y'all got a beautiful, beautiful facility. What y'all have done and what God has done with y'all is amazing. It's unreal. 
but it's nothing. The building is nothing without the people. You just got a pretty building. You get the opportunity. To fill it up. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Me and my wife, we say one thing. God, I don't want to be a hireling. Come on. But for everything we do, you give us souls. Let us get the opportunity to just drag one more up out of the miry clay. Don't give me the church folks. Give me the lost ones. Yeah. Come on, come on. Give me the ones on. that need you and they're lost and they're done without you. They don't know that there's hope. See, we run around from building to building looking for church folks. Go out there in the world and find a lost man and a lost woman. Yeah. Change their life. Go to the schools. Turn them upside down. There's nobody stopping you. And I go ahead and tell you, you got a pastor that's not going to hold you back. Yeah, yep. come on. If he does, we'll leave, we'll leave our number and we'll, <laughs> we'll cancel him like he's always counseled us. Brother. I want you to turn to Exodus 12 real quick. Or Exodus 12, yep. As you're turning there, I need you to know something. Josh Boyette's father was the pastor of White Double Pond right before I was. Josh grew up in that church. He ran those rooms and that cemetery and he knows that place well. Little Cody preached her first sermon ever at White Double Pond Community Church when she was 14 years old on a Sunday evening. And I was like, girl, I think you got something to say. I want you to preach tonight. The reason I wanted you to hear their stories because I want you to put a face to what I've been trying to express to you. As, as a pastor, as a leader, as the, the lead elder who leads our eldership team, as our eldership team leads the church. You're used to hearing me talk about dreams and the things that I, think, I see God show me. This is a moment for you to see something tangible, that this isn't something new. We've been doing this for years. God has been honoring it. But see, here we are in a moment in time at the end of a year and we're just tired. There's some people who didn't even come today because, uh, 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 who are planning, you know, like they normally come. But it's the end of the year. I'm just going to take the day. I'm just tired. I'm just going to sit down. I just want to be done. Hello, somebody. So, see, that's the way you have, you do it in your life sometimes. You've been through something and you get a little space and you just, you sit down because you're just tired. You just want to be done. Hello, somebody. But I need you to know that you and I serve a God who is never done. 
he, he's not coming to the end of something that he isn't taking you into the newness of something else. And so in what God is doing, God's always been pushing us forward. And in Exodus chapter 12, look at verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, This month, everybody say this month, shall be your beginning of months. You sit here today and it is the end, it's the last day. God is saying, what if this month is the beginning? It shall be first month of the year to you. Why? You're not not getting this. Listen, we're just a few hours from the new year. Come on, somebody say amen. And maybe you got plans to stay up late tonight. Maybe you got plans to ring in the new year. All these plans and those things. We're about to step over, I believe, into something new and a new path in the Lord. God's not done. And as an eldership team and as an ministry, we're hoping to revisit some old territories and look forward to discovering some new ones. Come on, somebody. And we're getting excited to initiate some new plans that we want, that God has for us. More staff. Hello, somebody. New ministries. Way to reach out in our community. This year's not over. God says to Moses and Aaron... This month shall be unto you a beginning. What you thought was the end. God is about to bring them out of slavery. Over 400 years of slavery. And they're thinking finally it's over. But God said what? No, it's just beginning. Finally it's over. Everything we've been through. Everything we've been you know, pushing through. All the things that killed us. All the things that destroyed us. All the things that kept us in bondage. Finally it's over. And God says no, 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 no. You're thinking about it wrong. Finally it's the end. And God's like no, no, no. This is not the end. This is the beginning. Come on church. It's December 31st. At Firm Foundation Ministries, at Holmes Valley Community Church. It's December 31st. And finally, this year is over. Listen, it's been one. Hello, somebody. But 20 years ago, I need you to understand something. 20 years ago, there were a group of people who had plans to close down Firm Foundation Ministries. Watch this. Just a few short years ago in Florida, there was a church that everyone had given up on. But God has said, I got something different. I'm going to fill them up with the lost. I'm bringing the hungry. I'm bringing those who want to be there. And just like people drive from all over the state to come to little old Vernon, Florida. Right? You got to get lost to find that place. It's right next to Walsall, Florida. Home of the Possum Festival. Y'all think the covered bridge days is weird. You should go to the Possum Festival. Well, they got a hog calling champion contest. And they got a possum king and queen. You ain't never seen nothing like it in your whole life. Well, you can get possum on a stick. You can get roasted possum, barbecued possum. Hello, somebody. You can get stir-fried possum. It's the po- Listen, right next door. That, see, you think those are places to be avoided in your mind right now. You're like, I'm never going there. 
That's not what God said. I need you to understand this is what God is doing. He's joining us, church, together with churches, not only in this community and in these states, but across this nation for a vision for God in where he's at. I know that the closing of the year can be a messy time. And you've probably got a lot of things that you had at the beginning of the year that you had dreamed of and and you've made resolutions and they haven't come to pass yet. And maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you're ashamed because people look at you and say, see, you never meet your goals. And I'm here to tell you on the last day of the year, if it's a beginning in God, amen, your resolve can be resolved in God. Tell somebody it ain't over. It ain't over. Psalms 105, you watch this. When the psalmist is speaking about the same event, listen to what the psalmist said here, church. He brought them out of Egypt with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble among their tribe. They must have been sick while they were in Egypt. They didn't have enough straw to make brick. They didn't have enough food to eat, enough water to eat. They were slaves. They must have been sick under the taskmaster's whip. Are you with me, church? But the Bible says that when God brought them out, there wasn't a sick one among them. At what they thought was the end, when God says it's the beginning, listen, when you cross over the border of Egypt en route to your promised land, that is when you leave sickness and weakness behind. That is when you leave bad memories behind. That is when you leave poverty. Y'all not helping me. The Bible says they spoiled Egypt. They took their their silver, they took their gold, their finest garments. They they didn't leave Egypt sick, not one weakling or sickly among them. Listen, FFM, listen, Holmes Valley Community Church. I need us to understand we are en route to the promise of God. And he's not sending us there weak or sick. Broken, poor. When we step over into newness of God, we leave slavery behind. We leave poverty behind. We leave sickness and sorrow behind. Norma said during worship, no matter who you are or when you be, God cares enough to give you a new beginning. God is ready to bring us out just like he did for Israel with a mighty hand. He's ready to bring us out. Oh my. You see, there's some people who miss this message today. Because they were tired and just want to sit down. They want it to be over. The Bible says, with great strength and great power, with great wealth and good health, walking in kingdom authority, anointed and appointed, they were going into the purpose and destiny of God. God is here with us. God is with Holmes Valley Community Church. He is here with you. Listen to me, church. Give God some praise in this house because the word of God says that he brought them out problem free. Yeah. 
One translation says with a mighty hand he brought him out. Another says he brought him out on wings of eagles. However he brought him out, church, you know what I'm excited about? They came out. I'm telling you what they thought was the end. God says, I got so much for you that this is the beginning. Listen, the Pharaoh could no longer restrain them. The power of Egypt could no longer hold them. I'm telling you, if God can bring them out, why can't God bring you out this morning? Why can't God save your marriage? Why can't God heal your body? Why can't God deliver your mind? Why can't God set you free from that addiction? Why can't God save your children? Why can't God bring those prodigals back? Because you think it's the end, and God says, this shall be a new month for you. Hello, somebody. How many of you want to leave this this year's problems behind? Glory! I ain't carrying this new... I ain't carrying that mess over in the new year. I ain't carrying that mess over into the new year. I'm putting some things behind me. I refuse to carry sickness and sorrow. Listen, I promise you right now. I told the Lord as I prayed over my wife this week. I said, God, I refuse. I refuse. I refuse to carry this sickness over into this new year. God, you said you'd bring us out. He brought them out of oppression and sorrow. He brought them out happy and blessed. He brought, they came out with goodness and mercy following them. They came out with purpose tied to goodness and destiny tied to mercy. He brought them out. He brought them out, church. He brought them out. Glory. I believe that's where FFM and the valley are right now. Listen, I, I'm gonna t- I, this is a different service. Cody, come on up here. I believe that's where we're at. These people want to start a Bible college in their church. And you know what they told me? They said, if we started today, we'd have at least 50. I called nation to nation president. I called Rick Cliff and I was like, hey man, are you ready? And he said, oh boy. These people brought with them their blueprints that they've already got drawn up. A $10 million facility. If I ever met a group of people who needed a building, hello somebody. Church, come on, stand with me, stand with me. Now I want you, I want you to pay attention here. The Holy Ghost is moving. Come on, somebody. See, I got some fellow Pentecostals in the house. They, they know what I mean when I say Holy Ghost. <laughs> we used to run the aisles, didn't we? Hey. That freaks some of y'all out, don't it? Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. God is so good. We got a desire to follow where God is leading. 
And I promise you, the only place God is leading you is out of your Egypt. See, the problem is you can't see the Spirit of God. But if you'll press into God, you'll know He's there. Seven-year-old little Berkeley. She wrote this song that her mom was about to sing. Seven-year-old little Berkeley. She said, you can't see my Holy Ghost, but I know he's there. And I know he's leading me. And this morning, I want you to know in this house... I know that some of you just want it to be over. You just want it to be done. You want that sickness to be over, that bondage to be over, that struggle to be over. You want it just to be over. God, just let it end. But I'm telling you this morning, I believe that God brought you to it to bring you through it. Amen. And if he brought you to it to bring you through it, he's got something new and better for you on the other side. You are in route to your promise. But like Josh said, you got to take care of it. And this altar is open. Now's the time to do business. I seen that little meme that said this is the year of one, two, three, one, two, three. Let me tell you why that's so powerful to me. Because coming to Jesus is just that simple. Letting him touch you is just that simple. So right now, listen, if you want to come out of Egypt, <laughs> this is the day. But God promises you, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. Hallelujah. 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 This altar is open. This altar is open. What you going to do with your beginning? What you going to do with your beginning? What you going to do as you start your route to the promise of God in your life? What you going to do? With that healing that God has promised you. What you're going to do with that salvation of your prodigals that God has promised you. What you're going to do with that deliverance God has promised you. What you gonna, are you going to pursue it? Or are you just going to sit down? Hallelujah. This altar is open. I want you to do some business with God just for a few minutes. Just for a few minutes. Come on. Just for a few minutes. When I was 
God, and our destiny is tied to your mercy, Lord. God, I thank you that right now in this room, God, we're a people. We're a people, whether we're in Michigan or Florida or in between, God, or to the right or to the left. God, we are a people, God, who are en route to your promise. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We receive this new beginning. With the freshness of your Holy Spirit, your Holy Ghost. Renewing us, God, from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone sit. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. I just want to say something. 
I have missed you singing, sweetheart. Come on, give them a hand, right? God bless you. Hey, make sure you greet the boyettes before you leave today as we get ready for second service. If you want to stay for round two, please do it. There's more to come. I'm sure it'll be different. No, I just had it. Okay.